And because we know what time it is, I am here today, once again, as always, on Mars with Daniel. How's it going, Daniel? How's it going, Kelly? Wow, that was a great introduction. Mars is looking nice today. Yeah, I gotta say, as someone who is also clearly on Mars, we're yes. together on Mars. Not separated <laughs> by any kind of distance. No, no. We have to be in our own cryo-engineered pods, though, so that's cool. Yes, yeah, to maintain distance and safety. Yeah. Is cryo-engineered yeah, yeah. the right terminology? We'll never know. I don't know. I'm not an astronaut. Uh, my name is Kelly, and the, if you did not know, this is a Bow Wow Wow podcast where we pick a song from the Wowzers at random every week. Uh, well, every week or so, and listen to it. We sit with it, we imbibe it, but most importantly, we examine the song, and we examine the world around us through the song, and then we get back together at the end of the week or so and talk about it. I have been listening to Bow Wow Wow for most of my life, and Daniel has heard roughly the same amount of songs as the number of lines in a limerick, the amount of rings in the Olympic logo, or the number of the Hierophant card, a.k.a. the Pope card in a tarot deck. Whoa. And this week, we listen to I Want Candy from 1982's Last of the Mohicans EP. Okay. All right, Daniel, that was uh, I Want Candy by Bow Wow Wow. Uh, your initial thoughts on the song before we, we get into the song itself. How did you feel this week listening to I Want Candy? I felt like I was watching VH1, and this was a best of the 1980s. This is, uh, <laughs> as I said before in the very first episode where we just kind of talked about Bow Wow Wow in general because it's just a fucking instrumental. Um, I've never heard of the band, you know? And as I said before, they are just a trivia answer that I would get wrong um, because who mainly for this song in particular. Um, I have no idea who they are outside of this. Just like, I mean, you've been listening to them forever, obviously, as you said, but I've right. never really heard them. I mean, obviously I've heard this song. Who hasn't heard this song? Who hasn't? Um, so I'm really interested to talk about the song because it really wasn't even that big of a banger. And yet everybody, at least our age, you know, knows it, who are not alive for this time period, but maybe we're alive for VH1 and we just we just know it and it's just be, yeah. become part of a one hit wonder type of thing, even though it wasn't a hit. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen this on the VH1, whatever week of the 80s, whatever, you know, thing. And I was uh, hanging out with a friend of ours last night and I was like, when you think of the song I Want Candy, you probably think of the Bow Wow version. And she's like, oh, I don't know, because no one knows who the band is that did it. But I was sure. like, OK, well, this is the Strange Loves version. Spoiler for later. Uh, it's definitely not this one. She's like, no, I've never heard that song before. And you put on the Bow Wow one. And it's like, oh, yeah, it was absolutely that one. I'm like, Absolutely. That's the one. It definitely became the de facto version. But, yeah, we're jumping ahead. So. A con little bit of context for I Want Candy. Sure. Um, it's it's really tough to track down the details for this stuff. It's just like, I don't know, I think we're, we're depending on the, the fame of the band, the fewer details you get, you know, the less famous the band, the, the harder it is to get any real details. But from what I can tell, it was recorded between 1981 and 1982 at Criteria Studios in Miami, Florida, and it was first released in May 1982 on the last of the Mohicans EP. Uh, though this track shows up on many subsequent releases and basically any of the, like, live albums or any compilations they make going forward uh it's also on the very next ep they released uh teenage queen so it was also released in 1982 so this song shows up on all their shit constantly the song peaked at 62 on the billboard hot 100 in the u.s and went to number nine on the uk's single chart which i don't know 
what that is because I don't live in the UK. So for personnel, just like with all the other songs, we have Matthew Ashman on guitar, Lee Gorman on bass, and Dave Barbarossa on the drums, as well as obviously Annabella Loon. Win, sorry, Annabella Win on the lead vocals, but uh, all the members kind of contributed back any vocals on basically all the tracks. Unlike the other tracks on the album, which are all credited to the band, along with manager Malcolm McLaren and producer Kenny Laguna of Joan Jett fame, I Want Candy appropriately credits Feldman, Goldstein, Gottraher, and Burns, aka The Strange Loves, as the writers. Because, you know, this is a cover. Daniel, did you know it was a cover the first time you heard the Bow Wow song? I did not know that it was a cover. I had no idea that this song not only charted better than Bow Wow Wow's version, but was, yeah, from the 1960s. Who listens to music from the 1960s? I don't even, <laughs> 1965 seems like another another world ago. I like them looking up them because they are, um, you know, making up names for their band. They just pretended that they were Australian shepherds. I know. Shep- shepherds or whatever. And they called themselves, what, Miles Giles and Niall Strange. And I guess <laughs> they did that with a lot of other songs. Like they just became like the sheep slater. They became this. So talk about <laughs> Bow Wow Wow, somebody who we've had, we've talked about for five episodes now. Hard time tracking down exactly what we're doing. You're going through copyright dates to find the right versions. Same thing with them. It's hard to piece them together because they didn't care about continuity of like their sound or who they are. So like Mm -hmm. they have so many songs by so many different names just out in the wind. And I find that to be fascinating that people still do that kind of shit, you know, from then to now um, to the 80s, too. So, yeah, they're pretty they're pretty fascinating. uh, The Strange Loves just because. They they did that. They did that persona thing. They like saw the popularity of all the English invasion bands and they were like, yeah. well, we can't do British accents, so we'll pretend to be Australian. They're, they're all from New York, by the way. Like that's yeah. <laughs> where yeah. they grew up. And there were just musicians that, you know, were selling some songs uh, to other artists to record and being like somewhat successful. But they were like, if we had a gimmick, if only we were not from America, right. this is that's the key to, to having success. So yes. uh, it didn't. I, I mean, I they had a couple of singles, so. Yeah, it did not work. I guess I mean, this, the song was was pretty fire, and apparently the guy, what's his name, Goth Gothier or whatever, you know, yeah, he Got- sort of Goddard factors. Her. He factors like directly into our story because he went on to be a co-founder of Sire Records, who you know signed Madonna before she was even mm-hmm. known, Ramones, Blondie, and you know, obviously we've talked about um, Dude Face, uh, Malcolm McLaren, who was the New York Dolls and the um, the Sex, Sex Pistols, Pistols, you know, mm-hmm. host and basically put together Bow Wow Wow also comes from that world as well so i wonder if they know one another you know i mean they're living in the same era around that time so pretty interesting yeah so uh just to put a finer point on it the strains loves 1965 is when the i want candy was released written by the three members of the band and produced by burt burns of bang records which is was an imprint of atlantic records that burns operated the song was released as a single and appeared on the band's only lp i want candy in 1965 the song peaked at number 11 on the u.s billboard charts that year so quite a bit higher than do you Battle know Wild's version what was number one during that i don't week? Uh, well, I'll just go down. I'll go through. See if you know any of these songs in the 1960s. We're a 1980s podcast, so we don't know anything about the 1960s <laughs> or any single fucking element about the 1960s. We've never right. even heard of it. Um, number 10, right above it. Uh, it's Down in the Boondocks by Billy Joe Royal. California Girls by the Beach Boys, number nine. Okay. Number eight is Patty Duke's Don't Just Stand There. 
Number seven is It's the Same Old Song by The Four Tops. I'm sure we've heard that one. Number six is Unchained Melody, of course, by The Righteous Brothers. Um, What's New Pussycat by Tom Jones. Number five. <laughs> Last week's number one, again, this is August of 1965, is I'm Henry VIII, I Am by Herman's Hermits. Wow. Remember when they took over the world? Number three is Gary Lewis and the Playboys at Save Your Heart for Me. A uh, tiny band out of England called the Rolling Stones. I can't get no satisfaction. At number two, and Natch, I got you, babe. Sonny and Cher, number one of this week. Wow. Who doesn't love wow. it good? I got you, babe. So, but number eleven is very impressive to me. Uh, in 1965, of all times, uh, just knowing what we know. Um, again, we don't have you know any context, so I'm just going to say that and <laughs> pretend like I don't know what I'm talking. About. But it's cool. I had no idea. I really had no idea. I've never yeah. heard this song. And for it to be that that popular, I mean, yeah. when you say in that week, the fucking I can't get no satisfaction, which is probably like, I don't know, Rolling Stones' biggest song, maybe. Yeah, and three down from that, next week's number one is a little song by another little English band called The Beatles. Help is rising the charts and is about to overtake. I want candy, poor I want candy, and then wow. after that, it's just a drop off. But they were on the charts for like eleven weeks or so. And I think it's only That's seven impressive. for um, Bow Wow Wow. So hmm. crazy. Supposedly, the inspiration for this song is, uh, or at least the Strange Loves version, was singer-dancer Candy Johnson, who was famous for appearing in a bunch of the beach party movies in the 60s. Um, the story goes that the band saw her dancing at the 1964 World's Fair in New York and then wrote this song about her. But, you know, can't confirm. But that's, They had I movies mean, back in the 60s? Yeah, that all, also can't confirm. So this all kind of sounds like it's made up for sure. Uh, there have been multiple covers of this song, but the only one that I was familiar with was uh, Aaron Carter's amazing 2000 <laughs> I <didn't> uh, version. <laughs> Uh, which you can find on our playlist this week. Have you heard any other versions of this song? No. no. Oh, no. I mean, in fact, when I heard the Aaron Carter, I'm sure I've heard it because yeah, it's so right? bubblegum. It's so mm-hmm. pop. And I kind of thought that's what this was going to be. Like in my head, I think it's like a mixture of the two because it definitely right. had like a little bit of an edge. That guitar is definitely like oh, in yes. my brain. But I just thought this one had like the production quality that, you know, a 2000s boy band had. But it, yeah, it was weird. Hated it, though. I did not like the phone call. I did not like Candy being there. I don't like him being a baby. Again, there's too many baby stuff. Everyone's a baby, and she's a baby, and he's a baby. Yeah. And why are we doing this? I hate it. Yeah. Uh, there there have been a lot of versions of this song. I'm sure that was some that even Wikipedia doesn't know about, but I guess the uh, biggest other covers are from the Candy Candy Girls, how appropriate, from 1996, and Melanie C., uh, post-Spice Girls. I'm sorry. In 2007. So wow. She also did a cover of this. <laughs> and that's it? <laughs> Uh, the, well, those are the those are the notable ones. Those are the ones that like actually like charted a little bit on the the UK stuff. It would be a not, fun like outside of uh, trying to make it an actual song. It'd be a fun one to play like as a cover. You know, the drums yeah. are real fun, mm-hmm. and you know everybody would know it. And you could definitely make it a punk version. Yeah. Um Because even Bow Wow Wow playing it live is awesome. Like I think way more like ferocious than than oh like, yeah the, the version that they're just you know is part of their song. Yeah, we, uh, we watched or listened to a version uh, from 1983 at the Casablanca Jazz Club in uh, Brighton, I think. But yeah, it's it's really amazing to see them live um, play versus... They're just 
really really talented musicians they look man. really cool too they look and that's definitely cool. a plus i love his hair all cut up and yeah good shit very good stuff um so back to the bow wow version the song's pretty close musically to the strange loves uh i mean the guitar is a little simpler actually in the bow wow version than the original although the bass like gorman's fucking killing it so oh, uh, i think the, and the guitar while it's technically simpler because just there are fewer notes it's way more punchy and like you got that ashman fucking really percussive strumming uh on the muted strings which the bass also does too so when they double up that sound it's really really powerful so it's interesting because in the strange Loves version we have a lot of percussion there's a lot of like conga and bongo drums and stuff it, it's mostly that but it feels really subdued so here instead you just have a regular drum kit and it's just a three-piece band with annabella singing on top of it and to get those really amazing percussive sounds with just like a standard kit and just doing what they're doing playing the guitars and the bass so creatively it's very very effective i think oh i'm really um, like impressed by his guitar playing to go from like a really great new wave like exactly what i think of when i think of this era um but then also like we did like cowboy a couple episodes ago and it's like we talked about him playing that sort of like spaghetti western stuff and they lean into that a lot you know they got the burundi drums and that's a whole element of the band and mclaren in particular sort of taking that kind of sound and then you've got him as a guitarist that just can do no no wrong like it's incredible the amount of range that he has and like he doesn't while it's really cool and simple he doesn't show off a lot here but my god is 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 he really good at making that sound and he is really, really incredible. And yeah, it's really cool to have five different songs that are so unique to one another so far. So I'm sure the rest of this podcast but, is going to be great. <laughs> and it, what's fascinating is even in songs, you know, that we've covered where it's not as highlighted. And I would say maybe this song uh, of the now five we've listened to the bass, like Gorman's bass playing is a little more subdued in this. Like watching the live version was really informative because he, he does change it up a little bit and you can see how much work he's doing the mm -hmm. way that he, you know, dude, he slaps the bass man holding that thing. Like so close. Yeah. He looks like a fucking badass playing like chords on his bass. It's like, get out of here. I understand why the fucking chili peppers and no doubt. And like all these bands fucking adore bow, wow, wow. Or even just uh, Adam Ant or whatever, just mm -hmm. like love, those musicians i get it because they're really so talented do. they're so and talented. like and i mean it's a completely different style of what they're doing with the the bass and the guitar because they're using it more of a percussive instrument than on like louis couture where it's just like a really beautiful bass line that that dude is so talented it's crazy. just crazy they're all very very good at what they do as a matter of fact louis what's horrible to me oh, he tears down my defenses he pretends that i'm against him Uh, I don't know if you if you think that this is some kind of poetic Eda Eda how do you whatever like do you do you think we need to break down <laughs> line by line uh, the very deep and meaningful the only here. thing I could I if you want to talk lyrics at all the only question I have about the lyrics is just wanting it wrapped in a sweater I don't yeah, really I don't get know. it because we're out in the we're doing a lot of sun play we're doing a lot of beach play so yeah, it's a beach vibe to me why are we getting a sweater unless it's getting cold out cool but why introduce that at the end just for the rhyme i guess because you couldn't think of better rhyming with anything but sweater so which is so, so silly so yeah there the lyrical differences are kind of minor other than the obvious like gender change because annabelle is singing about a boy strange loves are singing about a girl so that's the difference but the only other 
lyrical differences that are like significant, I guess, if you want to say uh, the boy is tough, but sweet. And the girl is soft and sweet because boys have to be tough. You know, uh, the, the strange loves go to see her with her hair hung down. And Annabella goes to see him when the sun goes down. Oh, so there's and... your sweater. She at least introduced the sweater idea. Yeah, the sun went down. I'm cold. cold. Yeah. I'm cold. You're you're my guy. You're what the doctor ordered. Candy's just what the doctor ordered. So that's a little bit different there. Uh, and Wait, so the doctor specifically it. ordered candy, the person? Yeah, candy's just candy's what the doctor just ordered. What the doc- wow. I mean, is we're that talking Aaron's about some. In- <laughs> no, this is the strange, strange love. Oh, strange love. Oh god, because I was going to say Aaron, like. <laughs> Don't go to those doctors, man. What's going on? Well, I don't know if you know this. A lot of this is innuendo for sex, Daniel. Mm, so, couldn't have guessed uh, that. So, so, so we've got three. We've got levels. Okay. We've got the, is it just candy? Is it just a sweet confectioner treat that we're talking about? <laughs> is it a, a singular person, the woman candy? Or is it sex? We don't know. Uh, and also in Annabella's, I guess Annabella's is not the, the in the Bow Wow version. Uh, she's goes from talking about he in second person right the second person to no, or third person uh, whatever third person, i don't know yeah. i don't know persons and then to second person when you're saying your is that that yeah. would be second person that would yeah. be yours so, yeah. so so while the strange loves keep it as you know she's over there she's candy uh, annabella at, she switches now we're talking to the boy we're talking like straight to him yeah genius so uh yeah i don't i don't i didn't have any uh grand revelations lyrically so i think we could just move on because uh i think you know, we got i a, think that a lot to talk about what you brought up on the very first episode about crazy stuff happening in this band, this this song to me is like so light and bright and everybody is in their head is just literally jiving at the beach. But just like, you know, our f- second episode, episode two, what, uh, Louis Quattro or whatever Quattro is? Louis Couture's. Couture's? Couture? Mm-hmm. Well, that's how you say it, Couture's? Um, I'll never get that. Um <laughs> it's There's like this dark underbelly. And even with this song, it's really hard to not read it in sort of the way that we talked about in episode two, where, you know, there's almost like a defiance in the way that she's singing the song, or at least that's how you want to read it just to feel a little bit better about (laughs) jamming out to the song because it it seems quite miserable, which again, we haven't really gone into, but I have a feeling that we're, we might veer there right now. Well, funny. You should bring that (laughs) up. Yeah. So this, I, I mean, you, it would be irresponsible to talk about this band without talking about the the gross parts because they're obvious and explicit. And uh, this song definitely masks that, right? Because it's not only is it a cover, but it is poppy and it's, you know, uh, sexual innuendos aside, they're pretty tame for where the band has been and where the band does go. Oh, yeah. um, so this is the first song we've had from the last of the Mohicans EP. And we have to talk about the album cover, which folds in nicely to all this stuff. So just... A little history about the band, just so this kind of all Which makes sense. Which did come out uh, afterwards, though. The the Last Mohicans came out after the first album, so it used the yeah, same so, artwork. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sea Jungle, Sea Jungle, uh, City All Over, Go Up Crazy. That has the same album artwork. However, that album artwork did not make it to the U.S., so we'll see how why that did not happen. So in 1980, as we discussed, former Sex Pistols manager Malcolm McLaren persuaded Barbarossa Ashman and Gorman to leave their band, Adam and Adam Ant, and form a new group. They essentially just, instead of kicking out the singer, they just all left and the singer stayed. Yeah. So that's why, if you'll notice on our playlist, we have a couple of uh, Adam Ant songs. Because if you didn't know, I would imagine if you know anything about Bow Wow, you know they are just Adam Ant or Adam and the Ants, <laughs> minus Adam Ant. Yeah. Uh, 
we and we're definitely going to go over McLaren's manipulation and the shitty tactics and the whole thing with Adam and all that stuff uh, at a, at another time and possibly like episode. is is the uh, Burundi beat appropriation or is it just you know like we definitely need to talk about all that but I think the most appro- appropriate place to talk about that would be C thirty C sixty C ninety go because yeah. that's that was their first single that used that that beat and that was right after they were like trying to beat Adam Ant into the market using that beat because McLaren right. had given it to Adam Ant first and he, they didn't super like it or didn't understand how to use it so. He was like, fine, I'll make a whole new band with all your band and we'll use it and we're going to get there. We're going to be huge. So anyway, I can't wait for our podcast to talk about that song because that song is awesome. It is. It is really good. And I mean, there's the whole piracy thing, too, that they were advocating, which is pretty cool in the face of it, too. It's just like this. There's so many, so many I'm so layers. Happy we're a real podcast. <laughs> so we can get into all that stuff. All that. Um, so just the highlights. So after the three members of Adam Ant left. They had to find a new lead singer. Uh, and they looked for about three or about six months. They held auditions and stuff, but they didn't actually find anyone. A guy named Dave Fischel, who is a Liverpool session musician, music director, talent scout guy. He found then 13 year old Annabelle Lewin uh, at a dry cleaner that she worked at at the weekends. He heard her singing along to the radio and was like, holy shit, you've got a great voice. You should, you know, my friend, this guy. Sex Pistol Manager guy, he's uh, making a band. Why don't you go join them? And so he convinced McLaren to let her in, and that was that. Uh, McLaren also added a second singer very, very briefly, a man named George O'Dowd, who you and everyone else might know better as Boy George, which is very, very weird. Uh, He is on an early version of the song Mile High Club. What? Credited as Lieutenant Lush. But uh, that was that was it. He was like in it just for a minute. But it's pretty it's like all the connections, man. There's so much going on. So it's already pretty weird that they recruited a 13 year old to be their singer. But, you know, Dave, Matt and Lee were only like 20 ish at the time. So it's not like too gross, but it got creepy basically immediately. Right. So uh, the majority of the band's songs are about sex pretty explicitly. I mean, they have songs straight up called Sex, Sexy Eiffel Towers, Womo Sex El Apache, Radio G-String, which we listened to last week, and uh, the aforementioned Mile High Club. I mean, they're all very They're explicit. all about sex. Yeah. Our first one when it's like, I'm only 14 <laughs> and Louis is just, you know, touching me. It's it's weird. Yeah. It's fucking weird. And I mean, some of the songs are really stomach turning, like Sexy Eiffel Towers. She's moaning on it. She's fucking. Uh-huh. I'm coming. I'm yeah. coming. Mm-hmm. Gross, man. Uh, I mean, we, we talked about this during Louis Couture's. I, you know, I think there is some value. They're they're trying to do subversive stuff. There's like a layer of it just where, you know, you're pointing out the whole Marie Antoinette of it, you know, like where it's like the, sure. this has happened in history. Women have been putting young girls have been put in these positions all the time. So there's absolutely value in commentary. But at some point, man, it's like, ugh, you know, and McLaren especially would say that the songs were intended to be edgy and boundary approaching. Like that's what he wanted. Um, but before he even created Bow Wow Wow, he was renowned for his like creative use of provocation to get you know press for his projects. And there's nothing wrong with being provo- provocative in art. I mean, everyone's tolerance level is going to be different for sure. But there should be some value beyond the shock, the shock factor. I mean, if we're just doing it because it's like, oh, my God, she's 13 and saying these things, we're, we're gross. Uh, in my opinion, I think we definitely crossed a line with Annabella uh, on these on these tracks. But. Let's talk about the album Photo, right? So the cover of their first LP, like we said, Sea Jungle, Sea Jungle. Go join your gang. Yeah, city all over. Go Abe Crazy. The band recreated Edward, Edward Manet. Sorry. The band recreated Edward, Edward. Why can't I say Edward? The band recreated Edward Manet's Le Dijonaire sur le herbe. I speak French. With, <laughs> which is a painting of a couple of people kind of having like a picnic in a park and it features you've seen it yeah every i'm sure you've seen it it features a naked woman sitting kind of in the foreground on the ground sideways profile kind of position uh so naturally they had 
14-year-old Annabella posed naked for the photo, uh, taken by a guy named Andy Earl. The cover understandably caused an outrage, and Lynn was almost forced to quit the band because of all the controversy. And, of course, he would make her quit the band and not take responsibility and be gross. Anyway, so Lynn's mother did not, like, she was not okay with this when she saw this. Uh, She accused the band and McLaren of exploitation of, specifically the charge of exploitation of a minor for immoral purposes. And... Scotland Yard conducted an investigation. As a result, the band was forbidden to leave the UK until McLaren promised not to promote Annabella as a quote-unquote sex kitten, whatever the fuck that means, and the band was forced to use different photos for the US and Australian versions of the album. But the photo is used a second time on the cover of the follow-up EP, Last of Mohicans. So, that cover of Sea Jungle does not look the same in Australia or here. Um, So they did not ever release it with that. So even though it came first... It was technically on there first. America wouldn't know nothing about it until this album came out. We did not. And then now it's it's hanging up in the British National like Art Museum or whatever. The actual painting? The cover, yeah. I mean their cover. Oh, really? Their album cover. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and even even in the interview uh, that I read with her, she sort of was commenting on it. And she's like incredible, like just not sort of internalizing all of that, like letting it ruin her life uh, in a way. She's like, it's deeply fucked up. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it was a beautiful photo and it's now it's in a museum. People are looking at it still. It's wild. Like, it's just crazy. The afterlifes of certain things, I think it was kind of the vibe she was going with. And it's all of this in a way is out of our control. Yeah. And you sign up to be in this band. You have no idea what's going to happen. And then it sort of never goes away in a way, which is wild. Yeah. I mean, for her to be a well-adjusted adult is pretty uh, miraculous, Ooh, wow. honestly, considering like just reading little snippets here and there from interviews with her where she's like, you know, I was barely involved in the band. I kind of just showed up when they told me to, I was told not to speak. And, you know, I just, they a hundred percent used her, man. And, and I, I, I want to not blame the band. I want to blame, you know, McLaren specifically. Well, so in the interview that I read, she said, quote, I didn't feel about shooting the photo. They were like, was that weird? I mean, obviously, she's 14 or 15 at that point. And so she said, weirdly enough, because of what Malcolm is sort of coming off as a huge creep, putting this whole thing together. But she said, I didn't feel uncomfortable about Malcolm, just the guys in the band. They were not friends of mine ever. So it's kind of you're being with genuine strangers. And I try to, like, imagine myself as a 20-year-old guy where you're like, where's Adam? Like, maybe I miss Adam because – it would be wild to just have a kid yeah. as part of your band now and to have all of these things that also probably feel out of their control where it's like, this guy did that for the Sex Pistols. Like, why wouldn't we go down that road? Right. It just happened. So it's all very new. So they're probably the same way where it's like, this is kind of, you know, I want to I want to imagine that they don't know how to approach it. But I don't know. I don't know about anything about them. Hopefully we'll learn more about them as the podcast yeah. goes on. But, yeah, I mean, saying that they're not friends of mine ever intense yeah and but you get it right like even if i get it the younger you are the bigger small age differences become i feel like so even if they they were only five years six years older than her that's huge when you're talking about a 13 year old versus a 20 year old like it's a totally different different vibe so yeah i'm sure it would be a lot of them just kind of doing what they're told because this guy's like we're gonna get famous this way we need to have her in the band I don't know what to do. I guess we'll pose for this fucked up photo. (laughs) Yeah. She said, quote, it started to get a little out of control. A lot of people were very condescending toward me. I wasn't an adult and I didn't have a chaperone or security. Mm. So you're sort of at the whim of whatever people are saying. And they're in the know, right? They're in a band. They're professionals, you know, and if that's what you aspire to be, even on a a molecular level, you're going to go with whatever they say, which is part of the problem and just like 
all this structured stuff aside, like the actual recording, that structure, the photo shoot, that structure, but her going live into these clubs with fucking maniacs, she said she's been spat on, like, because people loved Adam Ant, right? Like, they, people were into that band, and then suddenly, here's our band, and there's this, who's this fucking girl? <laughs> like, this is yeah. not, this is not our band. What's happening here? So, it's... I just feel really, really bad for her. And then, you know, like fast forwarding to today, the fact that they've reformed, you know, without her. Um, it's just like, well, other than Ashman, right? Ashman's the one that died. Hang on. Editing he time. passed away. Yeah. yeah. Nine, 2000 or 1995. Yeah. He was only 35. Yeah. He passed away from like diabetes complications. Um, yeah. She is what about she advertises herself as uh, or um, the original. Yeah. The original voice of Bow Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and on her, if you go to her website, it says all over. It's like, make sure if you buy Bow Wow Wow tickets that, you know, this is, it's fraudulent if I'm not involved. And like, oh, this oh I, mean, I agree. Like, well, in that interview, too, just to not harp on it, she did say, I, I like this. She said, quote, I was quite shocked when it happened that he was like, I'm going to not only uh, go off on the road and play the songs, but I'm also going to, I'd be interested in recording as Bow Wow Wow. Nobody wants that. Who would care? Right. But like she said, I'm quite shocked, actually. Again, repeating mistakes already made in 1983, I see. The difference is when a person is 55 years of age you think that that person would learn something in life and grow up a little bit you would think brutal you would hope brutal oh well so there is a music video that exists for this song Uh, it's one of their early early videos and it's you know we've seen a lot of older music videos i know we do this is a Bow Wow podcast, but we have watched other musicians' music videos. And a lot of the early ones... We don't just listen to Bow Wow. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, the, a lot of early uh, music videos tend to be just live performances that are recorded. But this is not. This is a proper music video for all that that means. So to add on top of that, we already have, you know, gross naked photos of a Tank 14-year-old. We her walking out in a tank top. Yep. Or and then getting all wet from the ocean. Cream. Slow-mo ice cream looking. It's just like... There's no, there could never have been an intent to have this not be sexual, not just the video, but all of this, right? Like, there's no way you could claim naivete or innocence in any of this. This was obviously intentional. The entire construction of her and the band as a whole thing was like planned from the start, man. And it's just like, yeah, they're buried up to their necks. That's right. In the sand. Anyway, I... (laughs) I thought when I was watching it, which again, like this is a classic eighties thing for me, the moment that she got out of the ocean and then we saw the candy canes, which I didn't put together. I want candy until much later on (laughs) that just, I was like, that looks cheap as shit. And then immediately I was like, what the, my first, the first words out of my mouth when I first started watching it, saw the candy canes. And I said, when did combat rock come out? Combat rock, of course, is the album, the 1983 album by the clash. And I was like, when did Rock the Casbah, the video, come out? Sure enough, I go there and I look. Combat Rock came out in 1982, the May of 1982, so roughly around the same time. time. So I don't think one is copying the other. But if you go back and watch Rock the Casbah, obviously they got an oil derrick. They got a whole plan Mm -hmm. of a thing behind them because they got a bunch more money than Bow Wow Wow on this random beach with candy canes. Yes, But there are just moments of that where I'm just like, very one similar. One of the other have seen this, or what are we doing? <laughs> so the whole time I'm just like, this is a poor man's Rock the Casbah. Then I watched the Rock the Casbah video, and I was like, oh, that's so good. That's like one of my favorite videos of all time. And then you go back, and you're like, oh, well, she likes ice cream. That's <laughs> random. Why? You guys were hanging out on a beach. She looks so sad, too, when she gets around the candy cane. And it's probably really cheap plastic, so she can't really lean on it, so... There's just a lot of like it's... miming of stuff, and they're not good actors. It's real bad, it's and their their heads are in the sand. It's so funny. <laughs> I love it though. 
the Technicolor stuff of it. Like, oh yeah, the way that they're doing the backgrounds, orange and pink and stuff. Yeah, I was like, we're we're green screening this guy. That's fun. Yeah, and that's something you'll see like way better with technology in a lot of future videos. And just as an aesthetic, a lot of people will do entire album cycles with that kind of aesthetic because it's really cool. It's neat, and you can tell that they're just really playing with it as just kind of a "Eh, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's super novel at the time, too, right? Exactly. And it really kind of like I've seen that video plenty of times, you know, at least using those colors for the effect that they want. Here is more, I think, just a, hey, we have it. Let's do it. Yeah. Which is awesome, by the way. I love it. And then, yeah, we we already mentioned we listened to the uh, live 1983 version from the Casablanca mm. Club. And that was just very, very good. I would I would. I think it's a better version of this song. Like it's even more punchy and, and just, yeah, I don't know. Being able to see them actually play what he's doing with the bass and all that stuff. It's just like, and it's really cute that it starts off or cute, kind of scary where Annabella is playing the drums. Right. And then all of a sudden fucking Barbarossa just like, Ka-chow! almost hits her in the face and it crashes the cymbals like fucking shit, man. And she gets out of that way. I think watching a couple of the other videos, if you go online, Barbarossa as a drummer, comes off weirdly stale because the song is really cool, but like they don't really emphasize how he's kind of fucking going. Yeah. Like this man is not only keeping the beat, but like kind of doing pretty cool, intricate stuff, at least for me, intricate as hell. So it was awesome to see him like, you know, this guy is strong and you just see his like his whole like physique just like keeping this beat. It's very cool and very like makes it even more intense because the the two guitars and the bass, obviously the guitar and the bass are really keeping it and they've got a lot of energy too. But he always seemed somebody like, even on the beach, he's just kind of faking it, mm-hmm. faking it. Like, you know, he's not really playing the beat because he's more there just to mimic. So it was really cool to just see him actually playing it. Like, what does it take to play that live? Very cool. And there's so much going on with, with the drums in all of their songs because that's kind of like, that was their whole bread and butter, man, was, was the drums. And the bass. Oh. It's it's tough to be a fan of the band, knowing the the gross stuff, right? Like it's it's, yeah. it's important to know, but like obviously we've had really young pop stars and all these fucking Disney kids and all that kind of stuff. It's not like mm-hmm. I, it didn't start here and it, it hasn't stopped. So while this is on a different level, I'm not saying that like there's not a clear difference between fucking Ariana Grande being 12 and singing her pop songs and somebody who's talking right. about very explicitly talking about sex and moaning on, on stuff when she's 13 and 14 years old. Like there is a difference, but it's right. like, I don't know. They just like, I try to keep in context of the commentary value of it and hope that that was really the point and not just some gross pedophilic thing that, that, you know, know, McLaren was, was after. I don't, I don't know, dude, but well, I mean, you wouldn't have somebody like Ariana Grande sing the lyrics to Chihuahua, which were not written by her. And the lyrics in Chihuahua are, quote, I'm a rock and roll puppet in a band called Bow Wow Wow. Better off to be a rabbit. At least they have more fun with a gun. I just go on and go on and on and on and on. I wasn't supposed to sing that one. Pop, 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 gun. And then later, I'm unintelligent and no one can stop it. So don't think of this fool, this little girl, too. I'm a horrid little idiot. Can't you see? So don't fall in love with me. 
Can you imagine fucking making somebody sing that song? Yeah. Like that goes to like, it is not her in any way. It is all about the weird bullshit that someone like Malcolm McLaren has up in his brain or what he thinks to be provocative that's going to sell and shit. And so we're talking, you know, and we're going to talk a lot more on this podcast about things like authenticity. How much does it really matter? Because even this, you could say, is a fake band put together by someone. But as we know, even with the Sex Pistols, too, like there are real artists here that do go on to continue to make work. And Bow Wow Wow is one of them. Like when the 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 light stopped shining on them, they continued to make music. And I would argue that they made better music when they were no longer that provocative first album, Last of the Mohicans EP band, when people stopped looking at them and they made that second record that didn't really do well. All of my favorite songs are on that record. So there was something there that you can't deny, unlike the Sex Pistols that were one and done. Yeah. And most of them really never did shit after that. So Well, there, when you're just like a personality first, it's how much does the music matter, you know? And I, I think that that's not the case here. I think that they're they're talented musicians that you know maybe the gimmick was there because she's so young and talking about sex but still you can't say that the music wasn't there the sex pistols the music is barely it's barely there <laughs> sid vicious didn't plug in his bass i can't stress that out it's just he's there to just do drugs he's there to be provocative for whatever reason mm-hmm. and things just change they do um so yeah daniel i have to ask do you think that this song works today I am on the fence with that because I I was listening to podcasts. We are a podcast mm. and I like podcasts a lot. And I don't know. There's this guy. Um, there's a band that does this podcast on Bob Dylan, what? who was, a I think, just a 1960s artist. I don't think he's yeah, done he was anything like a protesty 60s. Yeah. Protesty rights. folk yeah, singer type. Um, anyways. They it's they say that it's about Bob Dylan, but then it was an episode about the cranberries. So that was weird. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Um but I, the feelings that 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 the that the host had for that episode of the Bob Dylan podcast about the cranberries is exactly the way that I feel. In that the first years are like I just said, the first years are always the most lauded because you can't really deny the power, especially in that first uh, EP, not the Last Mohicans, but uh, whatever that first one's called. Your cassette pet, the very first. Your one? cassette yeah. pet. You can't really deny the the provocations that are coming at the way the music sounds i think it's all really really cool but i am so much more interested just like with the cranberries in stuff that came after i think they just became a better band they became more cohesive uh there are songs on the second rec- record rust about and mario your own way to paradise those two songs that i've just like sort of been listening to um just so we can talk about them later i i just find myself loving them like those are the only ones i'm putting on playlists for future listening i don't know if i really care that much about that first ep outside of like the historical context so does this song in particular work unfortunately you have no choice i have to say yes because you are going to hear it Mm -hmm. it is the default for now but is it that good um it why does it have to be good i think just fun (laughs) it's a fun song everybody knows it this is the default version and i think it's got Everyone will build off of this and listening to the to the strange loves is really cool. But yeah, it doesn't feel as um as um almost as timeless as this one. This one's like perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love it. So yes, this song is great, but later bow wow wow. Let's go. I love I love you later, bow wow wow. <laughs> How about you, Kelly? I mean, I think that they did not fall into what all new wave bands that I can think of uh did, which is go heavy synth. Uh, and so not having yeah. that element saves it a lot from being that, that any of that 
dated That's thing could point. be because yeah. you just have a three-piece band again like I, I just keep harping on it because they make so much sound and so complex and so good for just three people um four people with annabelle i'm just saying like musically and and her voice is fantastic too like you would never guess which is another thing that i'm sure mclaren was banking on that she's fucking 13 and 14 when she's making singing this song there's so much power and so much control her voice is amazing like there there's no wonder she got picked up to be in a band because she was really really doing something and i think that yeah this is the de facto version so all i without the the firm knowledge of this all versions after this clearly are, are taking from this like you said not from the strange loves so i think because of that it will endure it must endure and so it works because it's, it because <laughs> uh i mean eric carter's version is this just on steroids on pop 2000 steroids i mean and i feel like they'll all be you know if somebody covered it today in 2022 it'll have whatever the musical genre they're in it will just it will be sort of a play on this and i think that's all for the for the better Oh, I forgot to mention there's a very important 2018 Kids Bop version that I did not, could not bring myself to listen to. So, you know, that's only four years removed. It's still very I, We vital. already listened to the Kids Bop version. It's, it's Aaron just Carter's, the Aaron Carter's, I know. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, as as uh, you mentioned, we are a real podcast, and you can find us everywhere on the internet at SOTW Pod. Uh, we have a website, SOTWPod.com. That's, if you can't remember, it's Sounds of the Wow. Dot com very easy you know sounds of the wow sotwpod.com and if yeah, you want yeah. to Perfect. uh for this amazing bow wow content you want this to continue think about giving us a dollar on patreon that's going to be patreon.com slash sotwpod thank you in advance the easiest way to stay up on all the bow wow wow stuff that we're going to be talking about if you want to know you know what song are we doing next well hey we make a playlist every week so that you can enjoy not just the particular bow wow wow song we're talking about but other stuff that's kind of related you know like this week was i want candy so we did some riffs on candy and uh you know we got all kinds of stuff going on the first uh daniel there was there any standouts on the the playlist for you that you wanted to talk about uh yeah there were multiple standouts on the playlist i would say first off when you put little nas x on there that's what i want the song is amazing you're probably not on tiktok so no. after i heard that i was like that's tiktok that's the TikTok thing all the time. So then I put a song called um, Chocolate Barbie. I, it's like not on there. Like a lot of stuff from TikTok that people, the sounds they make, you can't really find them that easily. So like the band is called Six Dior, but it's like Ms. or Mac. I have no idea who the person is. There's no information on them. I don't know where the song came from, but just like Lil Nas X, that is a, a TikTok hit. Oh, and it has chocolate, which is candy, you see? So it all worked that's out That's why really you put well. that on there. That's the only reason. Oh. Well, to the TikTok and the chocolate part. Gotcha. I wanted to have some confection okay. going on. So I put Lollipop on there, which I do love. R.I.P. Beverly Ross, who wrote that. She just passed away. Uh, it was either that or 50 Cent. So I have to say, I enjoyed the Lollipop. I put Chocolate Barbie. Thank God for you putting Little Nas X. That was awesome. The Juice World shit was great. Yeah. And Candy Grapes uh, was also excellent. This playlist is fucking great. <laughs> this playlist is great. Uh, it was nice that you threw Sweeter on there by Leon Bridges because when that mm. song came out a couple years ago, I've heard it like a million times because it was on all the playlists yeah. that, I, that I listened to for some reason. So very, very it's good. It's not about candy, um, but yeah, it'll work. <laughs> you know, it definitely fits fits the the vague mold. Uh, and then throwing a Sweeter Kitty song on there. I fucking... 
co- totally didn't even think about it. It's my favorite song by that fucking band, and I totally just like didn't even think about well, that it. Weird Bob Dylan podcast also did a Slater King oh, really? episode, so it's fucking weird. Man, it yeah, seems like I we have I was a lot listening of listening to all their non Bob Dylan episodes, and it was crazy. <laughs> it sounds like that podcast has like some kind of identity crisis because there seems to be a lot of episodes <laughs> that aren't about Bob Dylan. That's very weird. Uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, you spill tab was super short. I really like that too. Mm-hmm. Bleached. We went to go see them with. Laura Jane Grace, well, against me, actually, so oh, yeah. back in the day. Right. So that was fun to see. The, the Aaron Carter thing is really just the thing that shook me the most yeah. when he sent me the playlist. I just saw his face. I was genuinely scared. What about you? Yeah, I mean- Any standouts? I I actually was excited to put that cameo song on there, Candy, because I was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is the Word Up band. They made another, there's a whole album. <laughs> just like, I totally shit. forgot. <laughs> I've heard it before, too. Oh, yeah? So. I mean, that, I this feel is, like I have. Well, yeah. this is their other big hit, apparently, aside from okay, from yeah, that's... Word Up. So it's like, oh my god, that's right. great. And you know, anytime you could throw Pete Seeger on the playlist, that was nice too. Pete Seeger was fun. The Big Rock Candy Mountain, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, Letters to Cleo again. We're going Parks and Rec. I mean, it's great. Eartha Kit was a nice one, even though I kind of like that's the only one I would take off because it doesn't really fit. Like I want evil. It's like okay, we did a lot of candy references, and that's the only non-real candy. Yeah, one. but it's a nice break so. because it's totally a lot different. I mean, the Cordettes obviously is kind of totally different than the rest of the stuff too. But I don't know. Totally. I think that makes it fit. I think if you with the Pete Seeger and the Cordettes, I think that the Earth Kit one like makes a little more sense in there. But yeah, letters to Cleo. Every time I was listening to the playlist this week, Stacia was like. 10 things I hate about you 10 things I hate about you are you listening to a 10 things I hate about you playlist I was like no no I'm not this is an original creation playing cones of cones of Dunshire yes we will be playing that. Uh, did it... you should be playing cones of Dunshire instead of Duns- uh, Dungeons and Dragons Kelly unfortunately cones of Dunshire is not real it's not real you're gonna say <laughs> Uh, if you want to follow us along as we make our playlists every week or so to do our episodes, you can find that on Spotify. It's going to be C playlist, C playlist with exclamation points. Uh, or if you just put in, Hey buddy, what's the time, which is the name of our podcast here. I'm sure you can find it there. You'll so it please somewhere. follow along and enjoy. All right. Aside from our beautiful playlist, aside from Bow Wow Wow, what else were you doing or listening to or watching this week, Daniel? Yeah, I am so I'm I'm about to leave Virginia in uh, two weeks or so. You're flying so from Mars. Are... You're flying off of Mars. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, got my solar panels. Got all my stuff to go and like you know go on a on the the great American road trip while also podcasting and writing and reading. So really not doing much of road tripping and actually trying to like actually do some work, get away from this place. It'll be very nice. So I've been doing a lot of that. Um, I haven't been listening. Too much. I haven't watched anything. I haven't done shit. I've just been kind of going through YouTube, but not any like really good YouTube. There are like videos that have come out that are like three hours long and I just don't have the capacity to, yeah. to think about those. So all of my favorite people I love are like, here's a three and a half hour video. I'm like, nope, I won't do that for a long time. So I don't know. <laughs> um, Charlie XCX did come out with a new album a day or two ago called Crash. It's pretty good. I guess it'll be out for a week or so when this is here. Um, she's good. What can I say? We love a good pop pop star and there's a very they're not really pop stars i guess but like this was kind of pop mm. then i don't know they were well i want candy's pretty pop so i'm gonna stick with it um hot water music came out with a new album feel the void mm. orville peck me my grandma my sister we all went to a winery uh down down the way in mars you know we took <laughs> our little rover and we went down to uh effingham and and uh yeah anyways we went to a winery it was fun we did some wine stuff listened to some orville peck Grandma loves a good country artist. And um, 
yeah, that's pretty much my life. It's nice to have nice weather. You know, yeah. it's like 75 degrees outside and it feels like summer. I'm ready to fucking go. How about you, Kelly? Well, by the time you get out here, it might not be summer anymore. So, <laughs> No, and I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. Mars weather's fickle, so yeah. it'll be just to get out of Mars for a minute. You just go a couple thousand miles and it's like a different planet, yeah. you know? It's weird. Totally. Uh, I I didn't do a lot either. I, I kind of had a nostalgia moment, so I went back and listened to all of the Perfect Circles records. Um, Eat the Elephant came out in 2019, I believe, and I remember feeling pretty negatively about it, and I only listened to it the one time when it came out. So going back and listening to it again was really uh, nice because I was right the first time, and it sucks. Um, but now I know that for sure. <laughs> now I never have to listen to it there again. Um, I listened to a little bit of Pusifer, but I can only stand it for a minute because they're going on tour, and I was just like, ugh, I just I can't indulge this. Um and I, I, don't know, I finished Boba, the book of Boba Fett. That also sucks. Oh, yeah. um, the two best episodes were the last ones, and Boba Fett is not in an entire episode. Um, it's just about the Mandalorian, which is pretty great. I'm like, why do we even pretend? Like, clearly, clearly, this character doesn't have enough to stand on his own two feet. You needed the Mandalorian to be in a like between. It's like the combination of two episodes. He's not in 90 minutes of it. Boba Fett is not in 90 minutes of the show. It's just like. Uh, oh my God. Anyway, so that was bad. We've been watching the X-Men animated series too from the nineties. I just Whoa, like, we, so we watch this uh, YouTube channel toy galaxy all the time. And he's like, um, you know, he talks about all kinds of pop culture, animated stuff. You know, he was a toy review channel forever, but then he started doing histories of different franchises like He-Man and different stuff. And those ended up being way more popular than his toy review videos. So he just kind of leaned into that. Now the channel is just that it's just that kind of thing. So, um, he talked about the X-Men animated series not too long ago. And I was like, oh, God, I remember watching that. God, it's not good, but it is fun to, to watch. So we've watched like yeah. 10 or 11 episodes. And there's only five seasons. And a couple of them were only like 13 episodes long. So it's not going to take us very long to get it, get through it. But I don't know. That's been interesting. But yeah, I also didn't really wasn't like tapped into anything music wise. I tried to listen to Missy Elliott's album because I was doing this long list of albums for something else. And it's also not good. And that's a bummer. Mm. Oh, so yeah, man. just like kind of disappointing musically. <laughs> Wow. Well, I didn't bring this up, but I actually, I, I did listen to Aaliyah as well. And I oh, yeah? I listened to it because of Bow Wow Wow. I was like, you know, that first record is so entrenched with the same way that her first record is so defined by R. Kelly. You right. Know, marrying her and all that shit. And it's like, Being 15. she was so strong yeah. to not be defined by that, yeah. you know, and it's the same way as, as here. So I didn't bring that up. But yeah, I mean, Aaliyah is now on Spotify too. So mm. I'm sure that I, when's the last time you really listened to Aaliyah too? I mean, yeah, it's been so. a long time. I mean, and I, I think I would still rather listen to that. I like, I like Timbaland as a producer and he did the re, the real world. That's the 1998 Missy Elliott one that, that I was listening. And I just like this, these beats suck. This like, it's just, well, and Aaliyah and them are, they're just right. in, intertwined all of them. So do we still live in the era of Timbaland? I don't, I don't know. think so, but I will say I absolutely love his album shock value from like 2002, whatever mm. it was. I listened to that album. So fucking much. 2007. Dear God, it's way loud. Wait. Oh no, wait. This is like a remix version. I think. Never mind. Yeah, I thought it was like 2002. This thing is much older than that. Anyway, uh, it was it was so good, and it's like got a bunch. It's like um fucking Fallout Boys on it. Um, the Furtado, Justin Timberlake. There's like a billion. One Republic. Elton John. Like, I don't know. It's it's a really good album, and uh, I don't know. He's he's. He was a talented guy, but that, yeah, that, I was disappointed in the Missy Elliott album. Maybe I just need to give it, you know, sometimes if you're not in the right mood for stuff, you're just not as receptive. And totally. maybe it was just like, I didn't really want to listen to Missy Elliott, but it was next on my list. So I put it on and I was just like, ah, this is trash. <laughs> you need to find a, a song by song Missy Elliott podcast. Oh, yeah. And just 
Well, it sounds like that Bob Dylan one has, you know, maybe that'll be next because we don't ever fucking talk about it. I have no interest in Bob Dylan. Who does? Okay. Uh, So this is the part of the podcast where we have to pick next week's song. Uh, So, Daniel, uh, as we is now (laughs) custom, (laughs) uh, if you could pick five random words for me and uh, we'll figure out what the the next song is going to be based on the words. Uh, Let's do modern. Modern? Modern. Okay. That didn't work as well as I thought it was going to work. <laughs> Are you searching the lyrics? Do you have all the lyrics or something? No, no, or? I don't. That's the thing. But but one time uh, when you were kind of, when you were searching through your Bob Dylan stuff and it wasn't really working, yeah. I searched the word that I picked and Bob Dylan lyrics and it came up, like the, oh. a song did come up. So I was hoping that I could get lucky and that would happen. Dude, some of their lyrics are not accurate yeah like to this day i know so so all right i was gonna say there's no songs there's no battle of songs with the word modern let's go to the next word (laughs) uh crash okay it looks like there is at least one with the word crash let me give you the uh so the line is the crash axe would be my only defense i mean are you are you asking me if we're going to move on to another word because that sounds intriguing okay you're you're sold with that already you want to know what that is I think so. I think with only having, what, 40-plus songs, yeah. I don't think we could possibly have a, a dearth. So I think yeah. when we hit a song, yeah. So Crash, whatever you just said, I fucking love it. Let's go. Okay. What is it? All right. So our next song is going to be one we kind of mentioned already today, oh. uh, featuring, possibly, if we can find the version, Mr. George O'Dowd, Mile High Club. Uh, so Oh, shit. Let's have another weird, gross sex song. Sung by a let's talk year about old. Boy George. Let's talk about Ooh. Boy George. I mean, what a great opportunity to really get into that too. Just like the crossovers of all these new wave, all this shit. So, okay, please come back next time for a Mile High Club. But uh, until then, Daniel, you have anything else to say? You want to say goodbye to our, our our audience here? Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for being wowzers. You guys have been wowzers. <laughs> Thank you so much, Wowzer Nation. Uh, we'll we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye. Shout out to Big Nasty. Bye. No! Uncle Nasty. Wait, no. K Nasty. God, K Nasty. K Nasty. Shout out to K Nasty. Wow, wow, wow. I had the cake wide open in his eye. Who they running from? Just getting started. Yeah, that's me. It's got your daughter in a frenzy. Yeah, that's me. It's got to argue with the.